Hello, this is Jenny Bell from Clarington, Ohio, and I'm listening to Barbecue Central. Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. Boing. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me! Fine, how you long? <laughs> you have a great show, I'm a big fan. Boing. So what, what, what seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead, and he's in the, in the crackle. Charbono. It's all about the Charbono, dude. Succulent fish. What? He ate two feet before we nursed. Oh, listen, Laverne, you shut your face. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seed. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. Top men. And just like that, we are into the second hour. It's the Barbecue Central Show, where we talk about all things that are important to the world of barbecue and grilling right here live on Tuesday night. We'll do it live. 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern. We are also recording for Podcast Posterity. Podcasts will start showing up in your associated podcast feeds early in the morning tomorrow, which is Wednesday, second hour. We'll show up on Thursday morning, and I'll tell you about Friday here in just one second. The show, of course, originating from... Palm City, USA, Cleveland. Still to come on the show this evening, the Embedded Correspondents will be joining me for another round of 100% surety questions. Also, we have a number of other items to get to as well. Updates on Houston Livestock and Rodeo, updates on Instagram and Getting Rich, not to mention a number of other items as well. So before we get into any and all of that, we say good evening to those of you watching tonight through one of our video streaming platform partners. Facebook and Twitch slash BBQ Central Show is the place to go to watch. Also, you can take in the show through video on YouTube slash RD Rempe. And we also have the YouTube poll of the week going on. We'll update you on that. And for the last 20 minutes, it was 50-50. However, it has swayed back to the nose. The question being, I currently own or will own a flat-top cooker by the summer of 2023, which, of course, is this summer. 54% of you saying, ah! 46% of you saying, yes, you either do own or you will own one in four months' time. I don't know whenever summer's three months' time. Memorial Day, the the typical start of the grilling season. So 46% of you either own a griddle or you're going to get a griddle or flat top or whatever we're going to be calling it these days. So we will continue to monitor those reactions. Uh, Again, if you're not on YouTube and you want to weigh in through the Facebook chat or Twitch chat, just throw it up and I'll see it over here to the left-hand side and try to mentally calculate those percentages along with the YouTube stuff. And there you have it. Coming up on the best moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less this Friday, episode 271, if you can believe it, taking you back to March 8th, 2011. And in this best moment show, we replay a portion of the first ever conversation I had with somebody I consider to be an icon, a 
disruptor, a change agent, and a hugely successful business person in the world of barbecue. Craig Sherry, who is the owner of a company called Texas Pepper Jelly. Now, if you sign up for the newsletter, you get a thank you note from me that shows up within like 30 minutes to an hour of when you sign up. And within the body of that thank you note is my own homemade barbecue sauce recipe, which many of you say is the best homemade sauce recipe you have ever had. The compliments are too many to count. I'm not lying. It is a great sauce. It is the recipe I use at the very bottom of that recipe, and you don't have to use it or add it, or you can leave it out totally. Still very good sauce. But the thing that puts it over the top is a jar of pineapple habanero Texas pepper jelly. Again, does it make or break the sauce? No. Does it put it over the top of deliciousness? Yes. So I highly recommend. But notwithstanding that, in 2011, Craig and I had already been, I'm sorry, Craig had already been in the Texas pepper jelly business and was also in the competition scene pretty heavily. Somehow he was the guy that tied them both together more or less from the beginning. But he had started this whole business about five years earlier, Texas pepper jelly side. Now, over the years, Craig became quite a force on the Texas barbecue circuit and ultimately became president of the IBCA for a number of years as well, instituted a number of rule changes or helped progress and institute a number of rule changes, was seen as a really good guy for most of that time. Some people thought he was the opposite of a really good guy for some of that time. But when you're in that position, it's really hard to be the best guy ever to everybody. Somebody's always going to take a run at you. They're not happy with the rules. They're not happy with the way you're running this or that. So Greg put himself, uh, Craig put himself out there in that regard. And I thought uh, did well overall in that position. So as of the last interview I heard him do, which was on my favorite baseball and BBQ-related podcast called Baseball and BBQ, hosted by the old coot and Leonard Hollywood Aberman, Craig had removed himself from both competition and the politics of barbecue. However, the Texas pepper jelly business, strong as ever. And again, if you haven't tried it, you're missing out. Might I recall the story of me knowing about Texas pepper jelly 100 years ago, well before the podcast started, when I was just doing the online forum, bbq-the-number-4-the-letter-u.com, which I own, but I didn't own bbq-4-u, just that. Some other guy didn't even threaten to sue me, so I had to change the name to Barbecue Central, which was a much better name in the end. Can you imagine this being the barbecue for you show? Does that even sound cool? Barbecue Central. And I was on the fence 50 times. I was on the Texas Pepper Jelly website. Put in a bottle, two bottles of the Texas Pepper Jelly, and the shipping was like unbelievable. It was almost as much as it was for two jars of sauce. And the guy in Menor who was telling me to get it was a huge fan, ended up being quite good friends with Craig, said, you got to buy more than two jars. Buy like a, a case, and then the shipping becomes a lot more palatable. But if you're only going to buy one or two, 
you're going to hate yourself because the shipping total is going to be almost as much as what the product costs. Well, I finally made the jump over and I bought the Texas pepper jelly and I tasted it and me and my wife were like, holy shit, this stuff is the best ever. And it came in a multitude of delicious flavors, one better than the next. My favorite is the pineapple habanero, but she they made a blueberry one that was great. The strawberry jalapeno was phenomenal. Uh, the list goes on. There was a number of them. Then the rib candy came out and all that other stuff. But to me, the Texas pepper jelly, the flagship product of that whole business. So if you haven't tried it, do yourself a favor. It's great on ice cream. It's great all by itself with a spoon. Good in my barbecue sauce, as I said. So test it out and be introduced to Craig Sherry this coming Friday. You have to be subscribed to the podcast feed in order to get the best moment show. And don't forget, if you want to hear a guest or perhaps a segment that you feel has been lost in the archives, email John, J-O-N, at thebbqcentralshow.com what you would like to hear, and he will do his best to meet your expectation. Jamie emails the show with his own poem in reaction to the poem that Lance Owens wrote last week about Weber Grills, and Jamie's poem goes something like this. Roses are red. Violets are blue. That dude from Hawaii is as lame as you. Come on, Jamie. Lance poured his heart and soul into that Weber Grills poem. The only person that I know that is working harder for a grill sponsorship angle than Lance Owens is my guy Aaron Huntelman in Eastlake. Traeger won't give that guy a sniff. Nobody is working harder than Aaron showing the grills he's bought with his own hard-earned money. All of his Traeger grills, he's got like three or four. Nobody is pimping how he's cooking on a Traeger harder than Aaron in Eastlake. He's winning local competitions, giving all praise and thanks to Traeger. He's tagging Traeger. Everything Traeger is about. And this guy can't sniff one dick. How can that be? He can't get a flat top or whatever the hell they call it, flat rock. You can't give him a uh, uh, Ironwood XL new one two weeks before that. This guy is on a weekly roll tagging Traeger this, tagging Traeger that. Meanwhile, you're seeing people who have no following what's, I don't even know who makes the decisions on who gets free what. And it ain't me, and I don't give a shit, but it should be Aaron in East Lake, Ohio. Can we make it happen? Bad news for Jeremy Andrus, who'll be showing up on this show next month. That's my last question for him. Is there any way we can hook Aaron Huntelman up from East Lake, Ohio? He's doing it right. Come on. Anyway, the embedded correspondents are ready to rock and roll. So before we get to them, we'll talk about a company that would be happy to sponsor a guy like Aaron Huntelman, Green Mountain Grills. That's right. Two different lines to choose from currently. Choice line, prime line. If you want to save some money, you don't need the evidently legally dangerous Wi-Fi and app connectivity, then take the choice line. Now, you don't care about that? You want to live dangerously? You want to spend a couple extra bucks? Prime line. That's the one you want. A couple different sizes to choose from. A peak and a ledge. 
Choice line's only one size, but it's great. It's the Daniel Boone size, I believe. Yes. Now, Prime Line gets you some headlights in the cooking chamber there so you can see in the middle of the night if you're cooking overnight. A little bit more of a robust build on that chassis. Peek in windows, main cooking chamber, and in the uh, pellet hop. Now, both of these cookers, both of lines, accommodate pizza oven insert, which I used a week ago. Uh, not this past weekend, but the week before that, we made high heat pizzas in the pizza oven insert. They were fabulous. I made it on the newest prime line that I have, the uh, ledge, the newest ledge. But works great in the choice as well. I have one of those. So make sure no matter what line you get, you do get the pizza oven insert. They're only sold through dealers. So find a dealer near you by going to GreenMountainGrills.com. And then once you arrive at the dealer, walk around all of them, see which one might fit your needs best. Salesperson there will educate you on everything you need to know about any of the cookers that you're going to get as far as Green Mountain Grills are concerned. So when you get it home, fully assembled, it's ready to rock and roll, you're educated, you'll have success right out of the gate. No buyer's remorse here. That's not what they want. They want anti-buyer's remorse. The opposite of that. Primo Grill, I'm sorry, GreenMountainGrill.com because Primo's also sold through dealers. GreenMountainGrills.com. That's GreenMountainGrills.com. And we will be back with the embedded correspondence right after this. Stick around. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Jim Rome, Dan Patrick, and Greg Rampey. The Mountain Rushmore of talk show entertainment. Now, let's get back to the Barbecue Central Show. And this portion being brought to you by Pit Barrel Cooker, the most unbelievable outdoor cooking device on the planet. Currently available in three sizes, a host of accessories to complete that PBC experience. Doesn't matter if you're just a beginner or a professional. Definitely a cooker you want to add to the arsenal. Visit Pit Barrel Cooker. Dot com and tell them the Barbecue Central Show sent you. Not to pull the curtain back, but we have a family group text with uh, my wife and the three girls. 9.27 a.m. This text rolls in from Willis. I just skinned a whole rabbit because nobody in my group would do it. Obviously, she must be in science class or biology, wherever the hell you skin and dissect shit. So I immediately thumb out man's game, Willis. And then Marley writes back, I literally washed it off, massaged it, and skinned it. There was a guy in my group, but he wouldn't even touch it. What kind of man is that? that There were two other girls in the group, and neither of the two girls had any interest in massaging the fascia loose and then taking the scalpel, cutting, and then ripping the strips of flesh down that rabbit. But my Willis took that thing, skinned it whole. That's right. Lest any of you think I'm not raising uh, masculine women. This She is not afraid. She will skin that rabbit. So, and she said she named it Wabbit. So, not sure exactly why. I would just name it specimen number one. Or skinned rabbit. Hey, anyway, forget about that. It's the fourth Tuesday of the month in the second hour, and that means we have the embedded correspondence here this evening. 
Now, let me do a little bit of housekeeping here because for whatever reason, I forgot we were using all of the boxes here this evening. So we got to go to box. Oh, 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 wait, 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 wait. Hmm. Box three. That would be guest two. Boom. Mm, no, no. Almost, almost. Try it again. Guest two. Yeah, that's the one. Hey, there they are. That's the embedded correspondence. Doug Shiding right next to me and below me, of course. The embedded correspondent from Michigan, John Solberg. Uh, Doug's from Texas, by the way. And uh, caddy corner below me and directly below Doug is Rusty Monson from the great city of Utah. Guys, we've got plenty to get to, not the least of which is the latest round of 100% assurity questions. And joining us on the panel tonight is ChatGPT. Good evening, everybody. I'm happy to be here, ready to go. I'm ChatGPT, ready to answer all questions. All right, so hopefully I'm a little quicker with my hands to make the theater of the mind work here. But we're going to be asking ChatGPT the same questions that we are asking here this evening to the human beings. So let's get going right away. Why not? John Solberg, we'll start with you. 100% yes or 100% no. Will Meathead come out with his book on time next year? 100% no. No. Okay. Get that big stuff out of here. Douglas? Just like you said, 100% yes, it's a sucker's bet. All right. Like Rusty, 100% yes or 100% no, Meathead will come out with his book on time next year. First of all, you should go as Judd Hirsch for Halloween. Secondly, 100% yes. <laughs> all right, Rusty, I'm lost. What is Judd Hirsch? Are you serious, dude? From Taxi? Judd Hirsch, man. Look him up. Google that, dude. You're a dead ringer. You're going to love it. I'm a dead ringer? All right, hold on. Let's hold uh, hold everything to the side here. Judd Hirsch. H-I-R-S. I got it. Google fixes me. Don't worry about it. What are you talking about, Rusty? You're a maniac. Bam! What? Bam! Hold on a second. Let's, let's, let's just see what everybody else thinks here. Let me... Blow it out. Let's go here. Does that look like me at all? That's young Judd Hirsch. You're older Judd Hirsch. Come on, man. What? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Doug, 100% yes or 100% no, I look like that. No. 100% no. Doug? Uh, Sorry, John? 100% no. (laughs) Oh, All right. Rusty's been smoking weed again before the show. All right. Nevertheless. (laughs) Uh, uh, let's see what chat GPT says on the 100% assurity questions. Uh Oh, it looks like I might not have prompted chat GPT that well, because it says, I'm sorry, but as an AI language model, I do not have access to information about the release schedule of specific person's books, unless that information has been publicly announced. Furthermore, I don't have the ability to predict the future with certainty. Therefore, I cannot say with certainty whether Meathead will release his book on time next year. That's a, that's a crap answer, ChatGPT. 
We'll work better on that through the next question. Which is this? Doug? Would you spend $500 on a standalone flat top cooker? Yes. All right. Rusty. Yeah, man, if it's a good one. Hell yeah. It won't be. John? No. Uh, fucking chat GPT is really pissing me off. All right, hold on. Uh, let me... How do I How do I want to prompt this? Uh, okay. Answer as a grill expert. Let me see if this works. Uh, stop generating. Answer as a grill expert. <laughs> wow. Uh, I don't know what it sounds like... Uh, Bringing shows to screeching halts, but I'm doing it right now. Right. Well, what was your answer what, on that one, Greg? What did I, I did I say? Did I give my answer on Meathead? Well, you did the week before. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm yes. So yes. I'm yes. All right. Uh, by the way, ChatGPT is writing a book on if we should spend five hundred dollars on a flat top cooker or not. ChatGPT says, flat top cookers, also known as griddle cookers, are becoming increasingly popular among grilling enthusiasts. In summary, I would say that spending $500 on a flat top cooker would be a worthwhile investment. Oh. There you go. Oops, hopefully nobody heard me uh, talk on both sides of the microphone. Uh, $500 for me on a flat top cooker? Yes. Yeah, I would do that. I think I'm becoming a fan. I don't own one, but I would probably spend $500 or less on one. Question number three, Rusty. You would spend $900 on a flat top cooker. Yeah, if it's a good one. I have, I love flat top cookers, you know, especially if it would you know, kill someone so I could use it as self-defense. We don't usually dig deep on 100% assurity questions, but you've answered the same way twice. So the people need like what if 500, if it's a good one, like what, it, what, what would be the difference between five or 900? Well, I just think that if I got a 500, I want to be like, all right. But if I got a 900, I want to be like, hell yeah, it's got to be some like serious steel. It's going to last forever. My great grandkids will be like, yes, this is the cooker that great grandpa Rusty cooked on the mighty cooker. Hmm. And then it would be one of those situations. John, and I could kill someone. John, <laughs> John, 100% yes or 100% no. You would spend $900 on a flat top cooker. 100% no. Yeah. I mean, if we're not doing 500, what are the chances you're going to almost right. double up, right? Uh, Doug, you would spend $900 on a flat top cooker. Barbecue has no budget, really. So, yes. <laughs> Too bad that's not barbecue. All right. Oh, oh okay. We're going to get into that here in just a second. So, oh. hold your horses there, pal. Uh, would I spend nine hundred dollars on a flat top cooker? Nope. Definitely not. Now, let's go to our pal Chat GPT and see what he thinks. I'm still writing a lot here, so bear with me. However, flat top cookers can range in price. From anywhere between a hundred to a thousand dollars, depending on factories such as 
size, quality, features. A $900 flat top cooker would likely be a high-end model with premium features like you were talking about, Rusty, because I listen and hear everything, and I'm gathering all the data I can on you in Utah, so be careful. Before making a decision, though, I think it's important to consider factors like all the things I had mentioned. So, ultimately, the decision to spend $900 on a flat top cooker is a personal one that depends on your specific circumstances and other priorities. Which means I'm a bitch and I don't have an answer specifically. I heard this chat GPT could be a little snarky, so it's uh, glad to see that we're holding true to form there on that one. All right, let's go back to John as we restart here. John, flat top cookers will reach their peak of popularity and then tail by the end of 2023. Man, it's a yes or no, but I, 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 this is kind of pregnant. Like we're <laughs> on the down, we're on the back side of this trend. Oh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna say okay, yeah, they've reached their pop. Yes, they've reached their popularity. They're on the downward slide. All right, Doug. Well, in keeping with my uh, contradiction with John, I'm going to say no. Rusty, flat top cookers will reach their peak of popularity by the end. I'm sorry. Flat top cookers will reach their peak of popularity and then tail by the end of 2023. No. Oh. I am going no as well. There, there are still a lot of companies that I feel are going to be releasing stuff middle to late into this year. So I don't think that there's going to be a tailing just yet. If this was a year away, like in 2024, I might be a little more apt to say that we'd be reaching the tail end of this. But there's still a lot of bigger companies that I think are going to be bringing freestanding flat top cookers to market for whatever reason. Um, ChatGPT is weighing in. Thank you, thank you. I think ultimately the future of flat top cookers will depend on a variety of factors and only time will tell how popular they will remain in the long run. Again, I'm a bitch. Hashtag hate me. Next question. <laughs> Doug. Next Grill is going to be the next biggest brand that people are going to be talking about regularly. The answer is no. I shudder to think what Chat GPT is going to be talking about here because he's he or she it is very opinionated. Rusty, Next Grill is going to be the next biggest brand that people will start talking about regularly. I love how the chat sounds like an FBI informant. Um, I don't think so at all. No, no. no. I think you were bordering on a hell no there if you would have kept going, Rusty. Yeah, Th that third no would have been a hell no for sure. All right, uh, John. Yes or no? No, they're already the biggest grill company that no one's talking about. <laughs> wow. All right. Um, That's a true fact. They're big. Chat GPT is going to weigh in before I will. Oh, I'm thinking, I'm thinking. It's 
Next Grill has a solid reputation in the grilling industry, and they are well positioned to continue growing and expanding their brand in the future. I think they will be a brand that people will be talking about. The next biggest brand. ChatGPT has an opinion on Next Grill for some reason, but not if uh, not the popularity of flat top cooks. Anyway. Mm, for me, Next Grill, they are big, as John said. They're, uh, John, we would call them a, a, a vertical company, right? Uh, from top to bottom, they're doing it all, right? Yep. So, yeah, for, for a lot of people, it's big. I think I'll know more in a couple weeks when I go HPB Expo and I have conversations with one Ramsey Hawfield in person. I think they might be growing a little weary of laying in the background and uh, not leery or weary of doing the uh, contracts solely with the bigger box, like Lowe's or Home Depot or whoever they're in with. And that's good enough for them. I think because of the amount of new stuff that they're coming out with, remember, like this year they've already released like three different things already and it's only the end of February plus they were on a tear towards the end of last year they got a pizza oven they got a flat top they got a host of grills that people may or may not even care about or like I think they might be tired of sitting in the background so I'm going to go against I say yes this is going to be a company this will be the next big brand people we're going to be talking about they'll mention Weber they'll talk about Traeger uh, maybe they'll talk about Char next grill is going to be somehow in that conversation uh, regularly. So we'll see if that comes to be. Last one. Rusty. Lance's poem last week about Weber was cringy, but my reading Lance's poem was more cringy, cringy than the actual words that Lance wrote. Poems are cringy most all the time. I hate them. I, I can't even finish them. I'm like, ooh. People start reading poems. I just can't do it. So, all of them. So, yeah, yours yeah, and right. is everyone's. John, Lance's poem about Weber last week was cringy, but my reading Lance's poem was more cringy than the actual words that Lance wrote. 100% yes. <laughs> This doesn't add mystique. Nothing. I don't know. <laughs> to me, I hear that music and I just, there's a whole thing that just filters and washes over me. Washes. Anyway. Doug, 100% yes or 100% no. Lance's poem about Weber last week was cringy, but my reading Lance's poem last week was more cringy. Thank you for playing the music because yes, absolutely, and it was the music especially that made it cringy. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to go ahead and uh, call agreeance on that. That was really weird. Sometimes I have trouble getting the words out, but whenever that music comes on, the words just flow out of me. It's like a stream of consciousness. I don't know if it's the perceived sexuality of that music and what I think might happen no matter what we're talking about. Last time I did it, it was a rib recipe. This time it was uh, Lance's 
profession of love to Weber Grills. I don't know. ChatGPT has no idea what the hell I'm talking about. So we're not even going to bother going over that. Uh, and there you go. So that's the uh, latest round of 100% assurity questions. We got about a minute and a half, uh, but we can float here because we're not held up on the clock. I want to follow up a little bit more on flat top griddle cookers and as a group individually well that was contradictory uh but individually as our group is here together this evening where we think the flat top griddle market is right now john i have a feeling you might be anti uh to a certain degree here so let's start with you i'm certainly not anti-griddle i have many 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 griddles and i use them on appliances i already own I think that the I think that everybody's coming to this party late, and I'm going to go out there and be the outlier. I mean, in my social media feed for the last many years, you know, the Blackstone Mafia has been out there hard, mm. and I, I'm talking four or five years, six years. You know, time goes by quickly. I think it's on a downward trend, and for me personally, I'm just not willing to make the investment on a standalone unit. When there's so many, you know, I have a lot of different griddle options to put on gas grills, put on charcoal grills, because I've been playing that griddle game for years. So it's just not my thing personally. And I think we're on the downhill slide. I'm going to stick with that. Uh, Rusty, where are you at as far as the perceived popularity of flat tops here in 2023? I think it's going to get uh, better just because I think you know, everyone's out there smoking on pellets now and cooking on pellets and they want, you know, everyone hears about the Blackstones and the new Traeger coming out and they want to try it. And I think when they do, they'll realize how, how cool it is. And I think it's a really cool way to cook. It's one of my favorite ways. So I think they'll learn to do different things that, you know, they're like, oh, cool. I can do Phillies on it. I can do smash burgers. I can do breakfast. I can do all this stuff. Like we have one upstairs in our house and that's all I use that flat top. And when I'm outside, I love to use it too. And when people get wanting to try those things, and I think it's going to really take off. I think it, it's been around, yes, but I think it's going to take off. Doug, your thoughts on where we sit in the flat-top cooker market right now? Yeah, I I, uh, I have the perception, and this is based on some of my friends that have bought Blackstones, is that uh, the quality is, is, is lacking. And so I think that's actually, even though they are the big behemoth in the griddle market, I think that's actually um, subdued the the wave of of flat top uh in the marketplace so i think actually it's going to get jump started now by weber and, and traeger coming out with different uh flat tops and when i got mine i mean i i was like wow this is actually kind of fun to cook and i've i've been cooking on you know griddles uh, a lot on my pellet cooker and you know on the weber and stuff like that so it's not like i haven't been using a griddle but uh man it's it's a lot lot easier to control when you've got a full uh, full machine that's griddle oriented i'm with you john i think everybody that's doing it now is technically late to this game however if there's only one company that was really dominating the market I have to reconsider my position a little bit and say maybe they were just early and everybody else was lying in wait a little bit or seeing how well the first entrant into the market was going to do and then decided to start picking apart what people liked uh, and didn't like mostly to start building whatever brand or version that they were going to bring to market. One thing that I find very interesting in this whole flat top revolution at the moment is hearing 
the the shortcomings of Blackstone. They own 80% or more of the market right now. And I had never, everybody I know that had a Blackstone had no bitches about it. And I know plenty of people that have. And now, all of a sudden, I'm hearing, oh, even with one burner on, uh, you know, the other side, is still, you're getting uh, residual heat because the burner's on or it does cooks unevenly. Or All of a sudden, I'm hearing it, it blows out because the flat top sits up higher. Never in five years as Blackstone has dominated this market. I never heard anything about this. And now with uh, some of the other entrants, and believe me, you don't hear about it because I don't think anybody was even talking about it. And now other people are trying to separate themselves and they're bringing up things that I don't know if I, as a sales guy, I don't know if I necessarily agree with uh, selling like that. Um, But it's other competing products that are pointing out shortcomings. And I don't personally like that, but um, I, I don't think, I don't think, we are at the end of it, but I do find it interesting that a lot of bigger names are now starting to get into it where, again, in the beginning, I, I do kind of align with John that it's like Weber deciding to get into the pellet game when they did. It was had, had been so long, so many other people were into it, and then they just you know came in. That product was atrocious, to say the least, but it, it did seem like they were late to the game as well. So I'm interested to see how the flat top game continues on. Uh, I'm wondering if there's going to be even more griddle introductions at that expo in Louisville when I'm there in a couple weeks uh, to see what other companies are bringing it out. Maybe they're hiding it and they're going to unveil it at the show. So, uh, But I do think that there are going to be many other ones to come here. So uh, we will see how that unfolds here. So stand by, gents, just for a moment as I do a piece of business here and we'll come back and talk about Instagram and Houston Livestock and all this other fun stuff. Big Papa Smokers is the one-stop online shop for all things barbecue, a curated selection of only the best outdoor cooking and grilling supplies, getting you on the path to better barbecue results in no time. Everything at Big Papa Smokers has been Pitmaster approved by Sterling Big Papa Ball himself. From the award-winning rubs and sauces, the American-made grills and smokers, Big Papa Smokers has something for every outdoor cook. Of course, we all know the rubs and seasonings, 13 perfectly balanced flavors that will transform ordinary meals to extraordinary. They also own Granny's Barbecue Sauce, so if you're looking for a traditional flavor that everybody's going to fall in love with, Granny's Barbecue Sauce is the one you're going to want to try. They also have other top-rated sauces on the website. And aside from the premium selection of rubs and sauces, they have the very best pellet, charcoal, and wood cookers available today. If you're looking for a versatile smoker that's easy to use, check out that Mac 2-Star General Pellet Cooker. Big Papa Smokers, the exclusive Mac dealer, even offering special packages. If you're not a fan of pellet smokers or you don't know what kind of grill you might need, call them and ask questions, 877-828-0727, or shop their website at bigpapasmokers.com. That's B-I-G-P-O-P-P-A-Smokers.com. We are back with more embedded correspondence right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. (laughs) 
Let's get back to a guy who has more experience giving you his opinion than he actually has cooking. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, we are back with the embedded correspondence here. Doug Shiding immediately to my right, if you're looking at television. From Texas, the longest-running embedded correspondent, John Solberg from Michigan below me, and Caddy Corner is Rusty Monson, pitmaster of Salt City Barbecue and the associated food trailer. Next question, and we will go to John for this because he appeared on the show a little while ago, and we talked about how he was in the Instagram reels and trying to cash in the riches on it. So since we have a few moments here, John, uh, let's talk about updates. Where are we at on this? Uh, How much revenue have we accumulated? And when are we getting the G5 headed to Fenton? Well, I don't know when that G5 is coming, but uh, the money is still there. We're still, you know, I have a personal goal to make $100 a month, and I've reached that goal every month into the fifth month. Mm-hmm. Um, Instagram seems to be making things a bit more challenging, not for me personally, but as you go through this, some of my ability, I don't get to scroll through reels anymore. I've been blocked from that. Um, what, does that what does that mean? Monetized. What does that mean you don't get to scroll uh, you know, through in your in your in your Instagram feed on the bottom of your feed, there is a button for Reels, and you can open that and you can scroll through Reels. My account has had that removed, and so if I go to someone's Reels, I can only open one at a time. Uh, but Instagram is making a lot of changes; they're kind of moving away from Reels and going back to a mix. If you follow them, so they're in some kind of pivot. It's not personal. The, the algorithm does not know who I am. There, nobody, there, nobody's picking on me. I'm not shadow banned. But it's it's just the way that it is. I've tried to work through that account. I have a help ticket in, but I finally broke two thousand followers, and at a point where I think that number will hold. Surprisingly, <laughs> I'm still pulling down my hundred bucks a month. I've been invited to partake in gifts on my reels, so that's just another form of monetization that Instagram has opened up to me. So while it has been challenging, I'm still plodding through it. And I'm not giving up anytime soon. When you were on the last time, we talked about. Uh, ROI, so time that you're putting in versus money that you're getting out of them. Have you become more efficient in the process? I was, but now I'm learning a new process because I can't just scroll through reels to yeah. find my content. Mm-hmm. So the process for me is evolving and uh, and also giving me a chance to maybe experiment with some other different methods because they, just because of that time ROI, I can't spend a lot of time doing it. So I'm going to have to change my my entire outlook but uh, the goal every month is to reach my personally set monetary goal and then spend the next, you know, 10 days playing with whatever is next. Is it outrageous for me to think that you will be done with this experiment by the end of the year? No, it's not outrageous for you to think that at all. But I'm going to, I think consistency is the most important thing. Hmm. So I, I it's... Don't know when it's going to end, but yeah, one day I'm going to go, F you, I'm done with this and walk away. <laughs> but in the meantime, hey, I'm committed. All right. $100 richer, by the way, every month. Thank you for coming. All right, Doug, uh, last this past weekend, Houston Livestock Rodeo Barbecue event takes place at NRG Stadium in Houston, Texas. And look who comes in 22nd out of 252 teams, Doug. Yes. F everybody else, we'll just call Team Doug comes in 22nd (laughs) overall. So 22 spots behind the world championship victory that he had 
a number of years ago, but uh, we won't talk about that too much. So uh, give us the recap of Houston and what the weekend was like and what it's like to finish you know, top uh, 22 out of 252. It, uh, the weather this week, you know, last year it was cold. It was like 32, 34 degrees, misting, just colder than hell. So the tent that I'm in is an 80 by 60 tent and occupancy 999 people. And it's air conditioned as well as heated. So last year we needed the heat. This year we needed the air conditioning because it was over 80 degrees. So it was a little hot, but, um, you know, just like every year, you know, uh, we had some people from the barbecue spot that came down that had been to the American Royal and they're like, oh yeah, this is the part. Then Thursday night comes along and they're like, holy crap, this is wild. And I said, this is Thursday night. Wait till Friday and Saturday night. And it's, you know, it's, uh, it's just the biggest party in 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 barbecue um rodeo gras is what my wife wife calls it but uh it was it was uh you know 252 teams so that's that's pretty good but uh they've had more teams and you know it's just totally corporate so that's one of the things i don't like about it you know i have to be a hired gun you know almost everybody that gets in has to be a hired gun so we were uh we were blessed with some some uh some good finishes and wound up you know the 22nd uh our buddy fred uh in the top 10 there were a lot of uh in the winter of first and second were the go texan that's kind of like the the texan counties that hold a uh one barbecue contest and then whoever wins that gets to go to the to the houston rodeo so they've got a lot of slots allotted to that and wow. man there was a lot of uh go texan love i mean 10 of the top 30 teams were we're go Texan teams, you know, county teams, but, uh, and our buddy Fred, uh, Robles, uh, was, was fourth. And I saw Ronnie Killen was, was actually seventh. seventh yeah. He was cooking for barbecue. Yeah. Barbecue commanders. And then, uh, Chris Hatcher, who, uh, Matt Pittman likes to associate his name with, um, cooked on his own and he wound up, uh, wound up getting a ninth overall in the champion in ribs. So, um, and then there were some other guys, you know, Eddie Morales and Sag Miller that, uh, that were up there in the in the top uh you know 15 or so but uh we oddly enough i thought you know i thought the the guys that won the invitational and and the american royal invitational in the open i thought they would make some hay but they wound up finishing i think 51st and then the jack winner finished like 90th or so but you know it just goes to show you the difference between KC, oh, yeah. kcbs excuse me and ibca you know just different types of cooking and stuff and so but uh, it was it was a good weekend. It's a it's always a tiring weekend because move in move in is Wednesday, and you know basically you you're out there starting Thursday through Saturday almost uh, almost full time. One of the disappointing things to me is we Houston Rodeo does not at least at the current time r provide results other than the top eight on Saturday. So it's disappointing. We did not know, you know, so, so basically you, you, you realize you don't finish in the top eight, you know, considered a finalist in, in their terms. And, uh, so then you go, you know, go back to your booth and you're like, God, we must've sucked, you know, and you're <laughs> kicking yourself in the, in, in the butt. Right. So, you know, when we found out what we finished 22nd today on stinking Monday, <laughs> Monday twist in the wind. Yes. So, I mean, you know, so instead of, you know, 
regaling and saying, you know, that we, you know, did the best finish ever for a wild game cruise, which is who I cook for. You know, we, we were sitting around going, gosh, when's, when's it going to be over when we can start moving out hmm. sort of thing. So we missed a lot of memories, you know, a lot of, you know, but, uh, that's, that's a problem. And it gives, and to me, it gives the, 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 feeling of a little improper uh improperity so, doug you sent me the overall said. scores the categories and what, yes, but I, I was looking at the overall scores so quickly i looked to see what the score was to win it and then i immediately advance all the way to the bottom 23 <laughs> 23.3 <laughs> points is last place and I'm like, do <laughs> yeah. they just not turn anything in? Do you get points for filling your name out on a card or setting up a booth and you just get 23 points? Not only that, here's what I found <laughs> either ironic or disturbing or weird. The team that finished DAL at 23 points was the same team you won the world championship with. <laughs> Across the track barbecue team or whatever the hell it was. I mean, how crazy Across is that? Across the track. Yes, I, I did happen to notice that. Oh, I bet. And, uh, you know, the 23 points, I think that results in probably they only made one turn in. And let's just say it was chicken. So if if it was chicken and then they had six judges and they gave them three or four points apiece, you could get 23 points. So, you know, because the, the point total is 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 a conglomeration of the six judges and stuff. So but this exact I immediately thought of chicken because the I cooked for the team for three years and one of the three years he had uh, been invited to. Remember that when when Kingsford had that thing on the New York uh, and yeah, on yeah. the uh, Kingsford invitation the ship and stuff yep. like that. He asked me to cook that for him, but he's such a TV hog that I was like, no, I think, you know, you're going to want to turn in your stuff. And, and on the set, they called his chicken entry into the Kingsford, you know, judging as a train wreck. Oops. And so I immediately thought chicken train wreck. That's probably what happened. They turned in something. It was just terrible. And then they probably missed the rib and the rib and the brisket turn in. So it, it, it validated my gut decision not to be on TV for that particular show. So all in all, good Houston Livestock and Rodeo for Doug and the team that he's cooking for, Hired Gun, um, for the last three years. So that's good stuff. Good recap there for Doug. Let's transition to a topic that has really nothing to do with barbecue, technically speaking. But perhaps we all have to look to integrate it and figure out ways to help it become more efficient in our way of doing life in general in the live fire industry. And that's artificial intelligence. We were messing around with it here during the 100% assurity questions more for fun, just to see what it would generate um, right off the top. But I wasn't propping it very well. So that was my fault. Rusty, do you see the use of AI or any of these chat GPT or like-minded bots being able to help you in your business generating menus or uh, advertising bits or uh, value propositions or anything like that? Do you see any value or any ability to integrate it into your day-to-day -day at this point to help you? No, not at all. I, I, and it's mostly because I don't understand it. You know, it's like, it's weird. You know, it's all strange. But I could see it helping with some people that do 
you know, like with me, if I, I, I struggle with social media, I can see the help of AI helping me out. That'd be very helpful if it's, you know, if it's good and if it's efficient. And I, I can see that being a big deal for every business. And I think that's really where it's going to come into play mostly is people getting lazy like myself and saying, you know what, I'm going to write this and I don't want to write this, you know, and, and doing a podcast, right? I hate writing the notes, you know, in the podcast. So I could just AI that thing if I could. You know, I could see myself getting a little lazy that way, but no, I don't, I don't think so. I, I think it takes away the human element. I think that's what really people want is that human element, the story, the, you know, that I, I am just like you kind of thing. And AI just separates that and puts a wedge right through it. And I think we're going to go back into a time where people didn't pay attention to it anymore because it was so black and white, you know, and so robotic. Doug, do you see value with AI in this space at this point? Here, yeah, I I would be interested in using it. I'm always searching for recipes and looking at how people are doing, you know, cooking different things and stuff. And so when I'm evaluating something and, and getting into something new. So I think, you know, if, if AI could help uh, narrow the search down of, you know, some really good recipes, um, that, that actually would help. But my concern is, is that, misinformation is rampant you know uh, you know shut breaking news here not everything is true on the web so you know i think you know the misinformation and the algorithm behind you know as a as a former software guy i'm interested in the algorithm behind you know so if they they get you know six things that say it's blue and four things that say it's red what are they going to report are they going to report both of that or they're, they're going to have some sort of uh, behind the scenes algorithm that says, OK, the ones that say this, you know, the six six things were actually wrong and it's actually red. So it's the four things. So um, I, I'm, I'm curious how that's going to be, how they're going to filter out what's real and what's not real. And that's, you know, part of our job as human beings that we do that now. But um, I wonder how AI is going to do that. John, you're a technologically savvy guy that likes to stay on the bleeding edge. Where do you see AI fitting into the live fire industry? Uh, make it a little bit about me. It, it does affect me very personally. I see my days as a contract content creator for websites as over. There is no need to pay John Solberg to write an article about anything ever again. I think it's going to get there. I think it's going to greatly. It's like, I'm done. You don't need me. Uh, maybe give me a couple bucks to take your photos. So content, I think it's going to affect the industry and content creation like never before. Like, And I'm yet to see how it affects social media and the advancements in that. And and it's going to greatly affect influencers. You know, companies are, are not going to need influencers. They got AI. I mean, I'm, I'm going way down the road in this big Orwellian kind of thing, but that's the way I see it. Um, I'll be surprised if I ever contract another uh, barbecue and grilling article again. That's I'm not, I'm no longer, I'm obsolete. But could I not make an argument in this specific case for you where maybe you're not the guy writing it, but now... A company is going to hire you to be their AI worker. So you're the one that's prompting the machine to write an article or to write a value proposition or a marketing campaign because you can really dial in all the specifics that you want that particular AI interface to generate for you. I mean, I see that as possible. 
But uh, there's a lot of content creation that just, you know, content's king. This is volume driven. So speed and volume and posting that it, it, I'm really, I'm really kind of torn with the whole AI thing and how it affects me personally, because it's not going to, it's not going to be life ending for me, but the, you know, anyone can do that. If I, I agree with the rusty, the human factor is important, but content creation doesn't business doesn't require human interaction. Business is about numbers. It's not about humans. That's, that's probably the only thing I got out of business college. I see it as for me, a great help. Uh, certainly I've tested any number of different articles through chat GPT that I've posted on LinkedIn, uh, solely as an experiment to see if somebody would sit there and say, you wrote that or did chat GPT write that? And you know, there's, a, I mean, if I'm coming out with, if I've never written an article and then in five successive days, I'm posting stuff about the difference between cooking with charcoal and gas. And then the next day, the popularity of Wagyu beef and the next day about something I've never done that before in my life. And in over a week I had five unique, fairly good written articles that I put on LinkedIn that Doug is the only one that questioned me on, but I also took the time to read it and I saw that there's a pattern of how it writes. And so the third article I went in, the last paragraph, it would always say in conclusion, so I started reading other people's posts and I could see all those posts that people were writing and it was in conclusion at the end. I was like, oh, it's chat GPT. I make a note and I'd send a note off to the person and say, hey, did AI write that? And, you know, they, everybody came clean that I was asking about. So I started to learn and I said, okay, well, I'm going to delete in conclusion and I'm going to take this part out and I was going to make it sound a little bit more like me. So 90... 5% was Chad GPT, but the other 5% was me going in and editing it to make it sound more like it was coming from me. But huge time saver. Again, content generation, as John was talking about. But perhaps more for me and perhaps for Rusty, too, because he's a podcast creator, trying to figure out some way to get an artificial intelligence on our website. So when you show up to Barbecue Central or Pitmasters podcast, or Rogue Cookers for that matter, johnsolberg.com shows up and you can say on John's website, I'm looking for a, a recipe on how to make my own lump charcoal. And now all of a sudden you're interacting right on John's site. John's got all the information, of course, on how to make your own lump charcoal or a pulled pork sandwich from uh, Rusty's website or a, a award-winning recipe on brisket from Doug or somebody asking about, uh, uh, do you have a topic on a podcast about the Kingsford Invitational? And all of a sudden, you know, Chad GPT can give you a synopsis, ask if you want to link to it or, you know, what, whatever. So I can see it. Um, a lot of people are scared it's going to take jobs. But remember, a uh, hundred years ago, we were all working on farms and then the tractor came out. And everybody was shitting their pants because the tractor was coming out and everybody was going to lose their job. Well, because it's taking this job means that there's going to be other jobs that you're going to have to find or that will be created to make sure that everybody's still working. Just seems like it might be putting everybody out of a job here because you haven't find the ancillary stuff or the additional items that you can bolt on and take advantage of. So 
That's it for this evening. We will do promotion right here, right now, and we'll start in the great city of Utah with Rusty Monson. What's coming up? What are we promoting? And where are we going? You always can listen to the Pitmasters podcast. You can go to pitmasterspodcast.com and you can listen there wherever you listen to podcasts. And hell, if you're in Utah, man, look us up and come get some food. Rusty, are you, uh, did you get invited to the, the, the thing in June? You know, what's the, you I know, don't think so, no. you, you know, you know, know. Who your buddy, your co-host, the thing. No, no. What thing? I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about it, so I'm not going to say anything. I'll talk to you. Oh, all say it. Forget. <laughs> uh, John, what's coming up? What are we promoting? Obviously, it was so not weird. The thing. It was so I'm weird. Was Rusty, it's the thing. Hey. <laughs> Don't check out the best moments of the barbecue central show in ten minutes or less this Friday. Each and every Friday, subscribe wherever you get your favorite podcast. You can also get it over at the bbqcentralshow.com. I look forward to talking to you on Friday. And Doug, what are we promoting on the way up? Promoting, uh, I'm on the uh, baseball and barbecue co-host is for with uh, Heath Heath uh, Riles. So that was actually a good interview and uh, learned a lot about uh, some things. And uh, if what's coming up? I'm actually next week going to Jekyll Island in Georgia and cooking for a a, found, a diabetic foundation called Talkie Foundation and uh, raises money for diabetic alert dogs as well as. Uh, socioeconomic uh people you know uh, that that need insulin and aren't able to mm. afford it so going to go cook for that event for uh for three days they are the embedded correspondents right next to me doug shiding from texas along as running embedded correspondent below me john solberg from michigan and caddy corner below me rusty monson from the great city of utah salt city pitmaster and the owner of the associated food truck the embedded <laughs> correspondent Another fabulous segment, great insights and thoughts on artificial intelligence, great recap on Houston, and of course, John Solberg's uh, drive for the millions from Instagram as we continue to track any and all of that. We'll have to turn Rusty around again here for the first quarter, second year update uh, food trailer, and we'll be lining up Joe Martinez for his second round here not too long from now as well. Week 33. What can I tell you? It was a disaster. However, I reached out to David Leans. I said, hey, we have some things going on. I'm going to be traveling. I'm going to be off script. I'm going to do my best. However, I'll be in touch about where I'm going to be eating. We can put a plan together so I'm not too far off the rails by the time I get back. And I don't even know when I'm going to get back, depending on you know what's happening during Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, blah, 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 blah. So we did that. And the good news is was able to stay mostly on the rail. And we're back and better than ever here, start of this week. This can happen for you, too. DavidLeans.com slash BBQ. You can sign up right now and start your journey into a little bit better health, a little bit better eating. You can still eat barbecue if you follow Earl's Cookout on Instagram. That's David McDowell. You can see what he's eating. It's not all being nice and uh, being on the program. You can get off the program. That's fine. He's going to meet you where you're at and then help you progress 
how you want to progress. He'll use what you have at home. You don't have to go buy expensive equipment or join a gym or anything like that. Tell him what you have. He will make plans around what you have right now. DavidLeans.com. That's DavidLeans.com. And we're back to wrap the show right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Whole packers, full racks, legs and thighs, injecting butts. If you've never heard this before, you might think you found the best triple X show ever. Let's get back to the most homoerotic host out there today, Craig Rimpy. And we are back. Thanks to the embedded correspondence, Doug Chiding, John Solberg, and Rusty Monson for joining me last segment as we were breaking down. The 100% surety question. You see, uh, I'm learn much like ChatGPT is learning. The next time I decide I will be using ChatGPT in this, I will have done all of this in advance and not do it on the fly. Proper prompting with ChatGPT leads you to better answers, and I will do better next time ChatGPT sits in for a round of 100% surety questions. That's my promise to you. All the way back in the first hour. Shut up, cat. All the way back in the first hour, we started out with Rodney Scott, Rodney Scott's BBQ.com, and then we transitioned over to the president of Primo Grill, Nick Bauer. That closed out the first hour. Second hour, all embedded correspondence, all the time, 100% surety questions. We talked about more in-depth flat top cooker segment where we see that going we talked about houston livestock and rodeo recap we talked about john solberg and making money on instagram through reels and the trials and tribulations he's going through and then we ended with a little bit of artificial intelligence talk and where we see that fitting into the live fire industry so if you're just tuning in now and you missed all of it second hour podcast comes out on thursday first hour on wednesday which is tomorrow Big show planned for you next week. Sam the Cooking Guy will be back in tow. Malcolm Reed will be back, amongst others, so stay tuned for that. So how do I always leave September 11, 2001? I will never forget until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern. This is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Good night now. This is John Dawson of Patio Daddio Barbecue in Boise, Idaho, and I've got it locked on the 50,000 gigawatt blowtorch of the internet that is Barbecue Central.